what do you want? Jesus says, what do you want? Jesus, we love you and we thank you that it is not in your nature to let us down. Whether we're going through something hard or whether we're going through something great, you're always with us. You always hold our hearts and you always surround us with love. good to get wrecked in worship today. Yeah? It's good to get wrecked in worship, right? We were away for three weeks and then uh, last week I was on kids' church. So this is my first week back in big church, I call it, because that's kids' church and this is big church. So yeah, it's really good and we had a great time away we did miss you all, but we knew that great things were happening here and that's exciting to us because God is good and he's here and he'll do amazing things. So that's what happened and the team did so great as well, which was awesome. And Tim, who seems to be hiding behind the speaker, he's not really, he's putting something in a bag. Um, he will speak soon, <laughs> but... <laughs> This is actually his 10th week of not having a proper voice yet. So you can lay hands on him afterwards and pray full and complete healing from Laren, Farron, whatever it is, Jitis. Yeah, he's going to be a good boy this week and not talk much. But yeah, we're just, <laughs> I think, yeah, but um, yeah, if you could pray for him, that'd be awesome. We just believe that God's going to fully heal that. It is actually getting slightly better, but it's still not fully there yet. So you have me today, but I'm actually kind of excited about that because you know what happens when you go away, right? And you get all refreshed. Do you? No, you're all looking at me as if like you don't know. You do know, right? Now it's good. Actually, I, I was saying to some people, I always, um, you know, we were staying on the 15th floor of an apartment on the Gold Coast, which overlooks the beach. Sorry, but not really sorry, because it was amazing. And it's just such a place of refreshment for us. And I love sitting out on the balcony with God and just going, okay, God, what are we doing? And my heart always goes for the nations and all this really cool stuff. <laughs> and in the first few days, I was like, okay, God. And he's like, we're not going there today. 
It's just you and me. That was awesome. But of course, things slid from one to another. And here I am, <laughs> standing with a lot to say. So, <laughs> what I want to do is, um, what I feel like today is really sort of a directional word for us at I-61. And so what I want to start to do is actually to lay a foundation um, with and then talk about some really cool directional stuff that we're really sensing is strong in our spirits and we're really feeling that God is on it. But what I want to do is lay that foundation first. Are you ready? Okay, good. Now you're talking back to me. That's better. All right. I want to talk about the power of the cross and when we look at the Old Testament, there's a whole lot of stuff about the Old Testament but as we journey with God through the Old Testament and Jesus comes and he dies, he rises, we have a new way of being connected to God. I want to talk about the power of what that does for us individually and for us as a church, okay? So three things. Glasses on, glasses off. All right. I want to talk about what ended at the cross. So the one thing that ended at the cross was the sacrifice of animals. It's really good, isn't it, actually? <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Um, yeah, the Old, the Old Testament purpose behind sacrificing animals was simply to remind people that the penalty for sin was death. But then Jesus came. And he was the perfect lamb of God who took away the sin of the world for all time. And he satisfied the requirement of the law for all time. So that's one thing we know that ended at the cross. We don't need to carry that on. Thank you, Lord. What changed at the cross for us? The thing that changed through the cross for us is the Sabbath. Now, this is really cool. So the Sabbath was most of us probably know, the Sabbath was every seventh day, everyone would rest. And then every seventh year, they had to rest the land. So they were not able to plant crops and all of those things that would generally, I mean, they weren't exactly cities with high rises in those days doing, you know, accounting firms. That was their main way of earning money. And so they had to rest. And it was a reminder to them of their relying on their heavenly father for provision. Then there was the rest of the seventh, seventh year. I don't know whether you're good at maths, but that's like every 49 years. They had another year of rest and that was actually called the year of Jubilee. And the year of Jubilee was about cancelling debts, forgiving one another. It was about resting the land. And it was really just about relying on him for everything and giving thanks for him and releasing the goodness of God in this year of Jubilee. So this changed at the cross because the Sabbath was a foretaste for us of what we would have in our daily lives as sons and daughters of him. And in Luke 4.18, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61, which we really like because we named our church after it. Um, and he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me to proclaim 
And then he says, to declare the year of the Lord's favour. And if you look into that, that is the year of Jubilee. So what Jesus was saying at that moment was pretty amazing and very prophetic because what he was saying into each of you is that because I'm here now, I'm declaring that there will be Jubilee. The year of Jubilee is going to be your daily experience through me. That's pretty cool. So, you know, I had to mention that because that changed at the cross. That's a really significant change for us. But there's one thing that went unchanged through the cross. Hmm, wonder what that was. Well, actually, I'm about to tell you, obviously. Or he would endeth the message. Okay, so one of the people most spoken about in the Bible, apart from Jesus, is King David. And what is King David known for? Does anyone know? His heart. Worship, his heart connection with God, his priority for the presence of God. David is known for his passion for the presence. And when he became king, he brought the Ark of the Covenant, which housed the presence of God, to Mount Zion. And then he built the temple and that shaped his nation. And what he did with the priests there was he... The priests were busy sacrificing animals all the time, right? And he taught them to go from sacrificing animals to praising and worshipping 24-7. So they were obviously on a rotational roster and he had 24-7 praise and worship over his city and over the nation that he was king of so that the priority of presence would always be over his nation. So he really gave us a look at what life could be like for us as sons and daughters because he had such a passionate connection with God. Now, if I read 1 Peter 2.9, it says, you are a chosen people and you are a royal priesthood. So we are all priests of him, except the difference is that we get to house him in our hearts by his spirit, which means we can worship him 24-7 in bed, in our cars, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, wherever we are, we just get to worship and we get to praise him, which is so, I love doing that. I kind of feel like it never stops for me. You know, I, I, always, I always wake up with a new song or it might be the same song for a few days in my heart and then I'm like, oh, I'll listen to that one today and just see what God's doing with that. But we know and we can study in the Bible as well as we can study um, testimonies today that praise and worship makes a dramatic difference to the atmosphere around us. So if you, you, know, if you look at Paul in prison, he worshipped. And the prison was broken open and people got saved. You look at people worshipping and then the Holy Spirit comes and thousands and thousands of people come after Pentecost. So praise and worship for us as priests is really, really important. And it's actually unchanged through the cross. I meant to get our church brochure. Can someone just get that for me for a moment? Sorry. That's why worshipping for us 
is really important and it has a really high priority for us because it feels like a really natural thing to do when we all get together and we're all priests. Thank you. Hi, honey. Here we have in our in the middle of the brochure, it says what do we do? And we call this the four pillars of what we do. And the top one says establish zones of presence that facilitate encounter. So worship for us is a huge priority. You could read one of those later if you like, just like a little refresher. And it's not going to change for us. So when we get together, we just worship him. We praise him. He touches our hearts. He heals our hearts. He brings healing to our bodies. We've actually had some really cool healings happen here this year that we've been sharing about through the year. Um, And we believe that as we worship together, that the atmosphere around us will be saturated with the glory of God. And that affects our community. And that affects our city. And that affects our nation. And that's really significant. So we have no plans of diminishing that. We have no plans of shrinking that down. I'll talk about this a little bit later. But for me, it's probably the biggest key in us actually breaking through to revival is intercession and prayer and worship, praise, priests, sons and daughters, just worshipping him. So that's our foundation. We all good? Yep. Okay. So now I'm going to say something. You're going to be like, what? If all we do is worship together and teach the word, then we're actually missing living the fullness of the kingdom. What are you talking about? I have a Bible. It's really good to read. And when I read my Bible, I see things like this. Matthew 28, Jesus came to them and said, all, in th- all authority on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Mark 16. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. I'm going to paraphrase. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get healed. Sounds good. John 14, 12. Jesus says, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Last one. I just couldn't stop. Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you've received, now freely give. So our role as priests is to worship him 24-7. And our role as sons and daughters is to do greater works than he even did. And then we're going to live in the fullness of the kingdom. 
So our worship is so important and we will never shrink that down. But we want to live in the fullness of the kingdom. Okay, I was away and I was reading Isaiah 60. I was reading lots of things. Isaiah 60 was one of them. And I'll read you the first three verses. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is all over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So Jesus is the answer and he has put himself in you by his Holy Spirit And he says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. And as we do that, we get to shine the glory of the Lord and the darkness that covers the earth will scatter because of the glory of God that we carry as sons and daughters. So this is pretty significant. Arise and shine for your light has come. He doesn't say arise and shine, my light has come and now all come and follow me. He says arise and shine, your light has come. You know, this year we've been looking at what we feel like God is saying through a prophetic lens and we've been talking about lots of things and if you need to refresh, then absolutely do that. I think the messages from earlier in the year on the podcast. And one of the things that we've been talking about is us all coming fully alive because I can't remember who said this, you'll remember the quote. Um, But somebody, who Tim's about to tell you is, said that the glory of God is you fully alive. Who said that? I don't even know who that is, but bless him. The glory of God is the people of God fully alive. When God says the glory of God is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea, if the sons and daughters all over the earth came fully alive in who they are as priests and as sons and daughters, what would it look like across the earth? How much darkness would be left? I remember my Daniel once, I was praying for him at night. He was going to bed and then he was praying and then he said he had a picture of... um, one of the countries where ISIS is pretty prevalent. And he said he saw lots of black spots. He said, and then he saw the Christians go in and the black spots became light. And then he saw churches come up and people start to come together to worship God. And I was like, oh, that's, that's really good, darling. Um, and I was blown away and said goodnight and Yeah, it was really cool when your kids come out with things like that. But the glory of God is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And that nations come to our light because of him. So one of the main reasons that I... This is the where we need to move ahead thing. (laughs) One of the main reasons that I-61 was born is because we really seriously want to see revival. So when I say revival, some people still get a lot of things in their mind that attach to that. So let me briefly explain to you what revival isn't in my mind and then what it is. Revival isn't just a whole lot of church meetings. 
It could be part of that, but it's not just that. Revival is you coming fully alive and being who you're called to be. Revival is people down the road getting so affected by the saturation of our worship that they are just feeling drawn to him. Revival is us laying our hands on the sick and seeing them healed. Revival is people coming to God and having their hearts healed. Revival is relationships being healed because of transformation. Revival is businesses being successful. Revival is crime rates dropping. Revival is anything that fits around that sort of thing. That's what revi- That's what real revival is like, where a whole city, a whole nation, a whole community is affected by the presence of God. And it is undeniable that He is here and He is here to stay. So it may involve really good church meetings. And as my husband often says, it's better to have a good church meeting than a bad one. You're supposed to laugh now. Didn't work. Yeah. It's better to have a whole lot of good meetings than bad ones. But revival is so much more than that. Now, part of our dream of seeing that happen, and by the way, I do believe that revival also happens as the churches become hungry together and join together and start crying out together for God to move in their place. And so we're really involved in the minister's gathering thing in the area. And, you know, we really try and build relationships because we believe that's really, really important. A dream that we've had completely attached to that and I can't see it separated from that, that we've always had this dream, is that we would have a transformation centre attached to that. Because if you have real revival happening, like if you have all those things that I've just listed happening, you're going to need a place beyond a church service on a Sunday where people can go. What would a transformation centre look like in our minds? It would look like a place for the community, and it might even be based in the community. It doesn't have to be based in the church. I mean, I, we've um, pushed on the door of trying to get into Rouse Hill Town Centre to actually be right there so that we could just pastor the community from there. It hasn't quite happened yet. But I'd love to have a place where the community just knows that we're there. It would involve things like prayer ministry, like counselling, like life coaching. It might also involve things like parenting workshops, how to balance a budget. It might involve things like healing rooms. It might involve things like prophetic art. It might involve things like, I can't think of any other things right now. Anyway, you get my drift is that some of it would be definitely ministering into the spirit, but would also be ministering into the body and the soul because they're all together and when revival comes when transformation happens everything is transformed now as I said we have pushed into this a little bit and for some reasons it just hasn't fully taken off yet and I think that we will look back in time and go okay God I understand better now Um, but so it hasn't happened yet But we do believe it will happen. We have so many prophetic words about this that it just can't not happen. 
Sue, we've been getting together with Sue as well about this. And Sue's got so many prophetic words about this. It just can't not happen. Is that right? It just can't not happen. Yes. It's going to happen is what I'm trying to say. Before we left for holidays and especially while we're away, we really felt a definite sense that it's time for us as a church community to be activated into some ways that we can minister into our community. And as a church, we're actually really generous. in. We give to international mission stuff. We give to national mission stuff. It's not like we're not doing anything to reach out. We are definitely um, supporting people that are already doing that. And a lot of people here individually do amazing things. So it's not that we are not living a kingdom life right now. But what we really feel is that it's time for us to be activated so that we can have a corporate family offering to the community. So this is something that is us, not just something that's you and we cheer you on because we will always cheer everyone on. But we also need something that's us in the community because that's part of living the kingdom in a family context is that we do family business together. So that's part of it. Now, we want to do some stuff here. And I can just already, I can hear your brains just ticking. What is it? What is it? What are we doing? What are we doing? What is it going to look like? It's all right. Just, it's okay. We want to do some stuff here. We probably want to give the opportunity for people to do even an overseas mission trip together or whether we go to inland um, Australia and do some stuff with some Aboriginal people, that would be really, really cool. But we just want to, you know, do some stuff together where we're actually looking out. And that really excites me. Um, What will that look like? I'll just help you with the brains that might be ticking going, what does this mean? Firstly, Tim has some awesome plans that God has been downloading to him that he's going to unpack over the next few months. And they're going to involve opportunity for each of you to have the chance to just really be activated within yourself. So we're looking at some one-on-one stuff where you might be able to look at your giftings or the way you're wired and just um, for us even to pray through with you. Where do I go? What do I do? Some of us know this really clearly and some of us don't and that's fine if you don't we just want to go let's just all get in together and cheer each other on and if you don't exactly know where that wiring is then let's discover it together because that's what it's about so we're going to do that and unpack that out over the next few months and we will definitely be talking to you about that and then we want to step out as a church community and just find a way to serve our city So I don't really want to say exactly what we're going to be doing because I'm like an ideas girl. Like if you want an idea, I'll get an idea. And I have lots of things that I would love to do around here. But what I really want, and and I may express those over time, by the way. Knowing me, I probably won't be able to resist, but express those. However, it's not just about me, apparently as we tell our children, it's not always about you. Yeah. So 
I'm not going to say exactly what those are, but there might be some simple things we do, like some of you might want to get together once a month and just go to Rouse Hill Town Centre or whatever and just just pray for people or just find a way to bless people, you know, walk around, pray together and find what God is saying and do that. Some of you might, I mean, I just have, now I'm doing it. I have such a heart for the poor. I, I would love to see us minister to the poor somehow. I'm not going to say exactly how that would be. But some of you might really resonate with that. Like some people really want to go and do the intercessory and, and the ministry stuff. And some people really just want to go and feed the poor. Some people just want to go and sit with the homeless. Some people want to go and minister to the people that are broken. Their marriages are falling apart. But we're all called to do all those things that I just read out in all those verses because Jesus said, do it. And if he said, do it, and he said, you're going to do greater works than these, then that means through the Spirit, he's given you every bit of empowerment that we're going to be able to do this. You know, today I could say I was nervous. So I was a bit nervous only because I always go, God, what are you going to do? How's it going to go? Is it going to be received the way I'm feeling? You can do all that, but you know what? I can't do that. I just go, God, how do you see me right now? What do you see? And I did that. And that is what makes me go forward to right now. And that's how we minister no matter what we're doing, whether we're going out in the shopping center or whether we're here worshiping. That's how we do it. We minister to people that way and it's going to be so rewarding and so exciting every time I go out and pray for people I'm blown away I'm blown away and whoever I'm praying we've been out together and done stuff and we're always like driving away going oh my goodness and we're so refreshed because we just get to be there and God just does stuff and heals people and ministers to people hearts and we just get to be a part of it So, this is where we feel we need to head in a more intentional way. Not that it's like, well, we've never really thought about this before and now we've gone, oh, that's a good idea. It's it's something we've always wanted to head to, but it hasn't fully expressed itself yet. But it's time to move into that more than we have been before. How are you feeling? I'm pretty much done, but I'm not really. Well, I, w- I am, but let's minister into it. <laughs> you want to play? It's time for us to step out of the boat. That's what I just kept getting. It's time for us to step out of the boat. Why would someone not step out of the boat and go to walk on water. Probably my biggest thought would be because they're scared. And the answer to fear is love. So if we're scared, we just have a love encounter with him and then we don't have to be scared anymore. And if we can't find the breakthrough through that love encounter, then we need to call other people into our world to pray for us so that we can really minister into that. The other reason would be for me, if I was going to step out of the boat and I didn't know what to, is maybe I would be thinking, I don't know if it's going to work. 
to walk on water. But the thing is, if He's placed His Spirit inside me and He said I'll do greater things than these and He is who He is, then I can't doubt it. You know, one of my key verses in my life is nothing is impossible with God. And when I feel overwhelmed or I I start to go the but maybe it won't work thing, I just speak that out until my spirit gets back into alignment because that is the truth. And if my spirit wavers, then I get to choose to put my spirit back in alignment with that. So why don't we stand and respond? Now, you might need to respond by lying on the floor for a bit. You might need to respond by running around the room. You might need to respond by going to the person next to you. Get your hand and put it on me. I need prayer. But let's do that for a moment. That sounds distinctly like a jazz chord. That's not jazz. (laughs) Maybe I'll stay over here. Why don't we just stand, do what you need to do. And let's just take a moment because some soup is being heated and that's really important that it's hot when we eat it, which means we have time to hang out with him and see what he wants to do. So why don't you just take a moment, connect your heart with your daddy and let's go back. If you're not feeling overwhelmed at all, then just go back to what you want. If you're feeling overwhelmed, let's not be ashamed or hide it. Let's just tell him. God, this just scares me a little bit. Just have a moment with him. And then I really want to pray some stuff over you. some stuff. If you're actually feeling stirred in any way, I want you to come out because there's something really prophetic about taking a step out of your spot and moving to a different place. So if you feel like, yes, God, I want to step out of the boat. Yes, God, I want to see my city changed. Yes, God, I want to see people healed and set free. If you have anything in your heart like that, I actually want, like, let's come down the front and let's all get together. He's so good. He will never let us down. And here's what I know. I know that we don't have to wait till we have a certain number of people to do this. Because revivals can start when two or three are just hungry and start crying out for God. 
And there's more than two or three in this room right now. So we have enough. And it's time for us to step out of the boat together. Yeah, God, I just want to pray over every single one of us in this room. Just put your hands out and receive. Freely you've received, freely you can give. Freely you've received, freely you can give. Just receive His love right now. Receive His confidence in you. We were at a wedding yesterday and I saw the bride walking down and I ended up watching the groom this time more as the bride was walking down and his eyes were fixed on her and he was crying and he was just a mess and there was nothing that she could do wrong in his sight. If she had fallen over on her way down the aisle, he wouldn't have even cared because he had so much confidence in his bride. And I feel like Jesus is saying, I have confidence in you because you're mine. God, I pray that you would raise us up a holy priesthood to worship you with all our hearts 24-7 with such joy. Yeah, I just want to declare a new joy over our worship in this house, in Jesus' name, that there would be a new joy that's released, that we would have so much fun when we worship Him because He is so good. And we laugh and we smile as well as cry because it's so, so good. I just want to declare out the greater works. The greater works are for you. The greater works are for us. They're not for a group that we hear of. They're not for what we search out on YouTube, although that will be the case. But they are for us as well. I want to declare that out over every single person in Jesus' name, over your mind that can think things that's just not aligned with that. And I want to declare out that nothing is impossible with God. And God, I want to just, I just want to cry out afresh to you, God, and say to you, I want revival, God. I want revival, God. More than anything, we want to see people come to you and people be transformed by your love and a nation that would be saved. And God, we might think, who are we? But I just want to say, no more to those thoughts. We just fix our eyes on you, our heavenly daddy. And we hold your hand and we say, take us wherever you want. Take us wherever you want. And God, we may say we want revival. We may say we want this ministry or that ministry. But God, what we really want is you. And we, what we really want is what you want. So show us it. Show us whatever it is, God. And breathe your life on it. And give us the energy and the strength and the grace and the supernatural power to do it. That we won't become tired with a program, but that we be empowered by your grace.
more, more, more. And I'm hesitant to say this bit now because people always say this when it comes to things like this. But you know what? It's going to be so rewarding. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so amazing to do these things. But it is going to be costly. And it is going to be, sometimes it's going to be tiring. We want revival. And if we have 2,000 people walk in that door right now, we've got a whole set of other problems that we haven't thought about yet. So what we say is, God, we walk with you, we hold your hand, and we trust you for the results. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you turn around and pray for someone maybe that you haven't prayed for yet and just put your hand on their shoulder and just say, God, more, more, more. Bless them.